This episode of Awards Chatter is brought to you by Universal Television, presenting Girls 5 Eva. Girls 5 Eva follows a one-hit wonder 90s girl group who attempts a comeback while hilariously navigating family and relationships, plus the joys and pains of middle age. The show stars Sarah Bareilles, Renee Elise Goldsbury, Paula Pell, and Busy Phillips. Don't miss the series critics call the funniest show on television. Girls 5 Eva is now streaming on Netflix and is for your Emmy consideration for Outstanding Comedy Series and all other eligible categories. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to episode 29 of Awards Chatter, the Hollywood Reporters Awards podcast. I'm the host, Scott Feinberg, and on this very special episode, I basically outsource the heavy lifting to Janice Min, the co-president and chief creative officer of the Hollywood Reporter Billboard Media Group, who scored the interview that everybody wanted this week when she sat down with the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences president, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, and its CEO, Don Hudson, to discuss the massive controversy surrounding the second consecutive year of Oscar nominations with very little representation from people of color, none whatsoever in the major categories, as well as the Academy's response to that situation, which included an announcement of plans to overhaul its membership by removing from the voting rolls people who are not quote-unquote active. But before we get to that, let's just recap some of the other stuff that's going on at the moment. The Sundance Film Festival is still going down in Park City, where two of the biggest acquisitions were movies that may have awards prospects down the road. Amazon, for $10 million, picked up Kenneth Lonergan's Manchester by the Sea, which stars Casey Affleck. And Fox Searchlight made a record $17.5 million purchase of Nate Parker's The Birth of a Nation, a movie with the same title as D.W. Griffith's racist 1915 film, but in this case is actually about the slave rebellion led by Nat Turner. Another big development this week, the Producers Guild of America's top prize, the Daryl F. Zanuck Award, went to The Big Short. Adam McKay's zany dramedy topped nine other films to win this honor, six of which it is also competing against for the Oscar. And the reason that we pay a lot of attention to the PGA Awards is that the Best Picture Oscar winner in each of the last eight years first won the PGA Award, as have the Best Picture Oscar winners in 19 of the 26 years in which the Oscar was preceded by the PGA Award. Also worth noting, the Daryl F. Zanuck Award and the Best Picture Oscar are both determined by the same quirky preferential ballot. And the PGA is roughly the same size as the Academy, right around 7,000. So we pay a lot of attention to the fact that the big short emerged there. However, on Saturday is the Screen Actors Guild Awards, at which the big short is competing with Spotlight for the top prize, Best Ensemble. And if Spotlight wins that then we are right back to square one with a three-way race between those two films as well as The Revenant, which leads the field at the Oscars with 12 nominations. But in the weeks before any Oscar winners are crowned on February 28th, the topic of discussion for many people is going to be the diversity or lack thereof at the Oscars and how the Academy is dealing with that. So again, that is the focus of our episode this week, which centers around a conversation that took place on the morning of Saturday, January 23rd, just hours after the Academy shared this news with the public. To give us a quick preview of the conversation before we play it in its entirety, let's bring in the boss, Janice Mint. Thank you very much for coming in to talk about your big interview this week. Thanks, Scott, for having me. So how did this come about? Again, Don Hudson, CEO of the Academy, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, president, not people who do a lot of press. How did you put this together? The day that they made their announcement uh, about the changes to the membership that are coming down the pike, I just emailed Don. And I know Don a little bit, and I respect her. And, and I said, hey, why don't we 
put you and Cheryl on the next cover. And uh, next thing I know, the next day, Saturday morning, I am in their academy offices in Beverly Hills. <laughs> Why do you think they agreed to do this? They have really leaned into this conversation about diversity. They feel very strongly, very passionately about what they are doing. And one of the messages that you'll hear over and over again when we start to hear some of their interview is that they fully acknowledge the academy is an institution not known for moving quickly. And they did move quickly. The diversity initiative is something that they've been working on for a long time. They don't want anyone to think this was a reaction that made them jump on this right away. This has been months, if not years, in, in, in the works, and they thought this was the time to announce it. They're very, very proud of it. How would you describe their demeanor during this conversation, and what surprised you most about what they had to say? They were in great moods. They, You could actually feel this palpable sense of relief. Listen, they'd been under siege since the morning of the Oscar nominations. And, you know, Price Waterhouse Cooper comes to their offices the night before. This was the Wednesday night before the Thursday morning nominations. They saw, they knew what was coming down the pike. They knew that, you know, the hashtag Oscar so white was coming in for the sequel. <laughs> and uh, they they were bracing for it. So it's been a pretty busy two weeks for them. But they felt relief. They felt proud. And they they very much believe they have, they are doing the right thing. It seems generally to be playing well with the public, but maybe more divided reaction from their own members. Do you think they get that? They do get that. They had unanimity in support from the Board of Governors, the 51 people that are elected by the membership to represent them. So they were very clear that if these governors are empowered to represent the membership, then that is what matters. And as, as we know, as we see from all these conversations about race, diversity, politics, anything in this world, it is impossible to please everyone. Uh, if they hadn't acted, this uproar would have continued all the way to the broadcast, through the broadcast, and beyond. The support they are getting is from people who are saying, listen, this is the first time, this has been a year, years of talk about diversity, about gender issues, about race in Hollywood, and finally, arguably the most powerful institution in Hollywood, did something. Last thing before we go to the interview itself, what else is in the issue that they're on the cover of? I know it's a very big and hacked issue, so what can you preview? We have a conversation with three people who work in the industry. Um, you'll recognize your names talking about race issues. It's quite funny, illuminating, clever. Uh, we have a lot of guest essays. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I'm happy to say, has a byline in this Hollywood <laughs> Reporter uh, writing about his reaction to um, the all-white nominations, and it's very smart, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. um, it's always nice to see Kareem Abdul-Jabbar quoting from Ralph Ellison's Invisible Man <laughs> in The Hollywood Reporter. And I know you got uh, a voter to write about, uh, a, a white voter, and there is anger out there, mm -hmm. who feel like they have been unfairly labeled as racist in this whole discussion. Wow, so much stuff I can't even remember. Sure. But, but like, you know, everyone has a view on this diversity issue going on in Hollywood and you know whether you're whether you're Donald Trump tweeting about it or the cover of the New York Post Saturday Night Live doing skits on it it is topic A everywhere <laughs> well thank you for giving us this great preview of it congratulations on making it happen and now let's give everybody a chance to hear the whole thing for themselves here's Janice Min with Don Hudson the first voice you'll hear in response to Janice's first question and Cheryl Boone Isaacs the second voice you'll hear So let's go back. Yeah. The Wednesday night before the nominations are announced. It's my understanding that Price Waterhouse comes here. A very small group of people know who is getting nominated. How did you feel? It's a very dramatic process. We're in lockdown in this building. 
the internet is turned off, your cell phones are turned in, uh, and PricewaterhouseCoopers comes with the nominations that night, so you can prepare for the announcements the next morning. We get the nominations, we read them, and we think, wow, okay, you know, here's, here's the, the hand we were dealt this year, and it's a beautiful, there's great nominees in there, it wasn't as inclusive inclusive as we hoped. It wasn't inclusive, as inclusive as we hoped for the second year. And we knew there'd be, that would be, is, is, you know, the sequel is always bigger, than, almost always can be bigger than, the, than the, the original. And we knew we were going to have to speak to this issue. It was a long night. Uh-huh. And more to that, you know, every single year, <clears throat> that the night before, mm-hmm. when we first get the information, it's always a surprise. Um, because each year, uh, and certainly this year, there was a lot of tremendously great work that was done, both in front of and behind the camera, mm-hmm. a lot. So you don't really know how the breakdown is actually going to happen in each category until you read it. And yes, no question <laughs> that as you're going through, you're going, okay, all right, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we knew that um, this was going to be a story. Um, certainly, as Dawn said, second year in a row. Mm-hmm. Did you know it would be this big of a story? I thought it was going to be pretty big. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure this mm-hmm. big. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the success of a motion picture. You know, you've got you, you you've got a hit on your hands, right. but you don't know that it's actually going to be five hundred million dollars. Right. Do you know? So at some point, the matrix is further than you could possibly imagine. But it's a conversation that everyone's having anyway, I think. It's happening in corporate America. It's mm-hmm. happening in mm-hmm. you know, our police departments. It's happening, happening with our politicians, as, as Cheryl said. I mean, it's a conversation around the world right mm-hmm. now. And, the, and films are such an important part of our culture and such a, you know, the connective tissue of our culture. So, it's, again, it's the good and the bad of being the most prominent, uh, you know, film institution and, and arts institution, I think, of all of those conversations now can come together around the Academy Award nominations. You're at the tail end of the movie-making process, but you get all the blame right now. How does that make you feel? You know, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it, it gets to be a little challenging. There's no question about it. Um, but we're in a good position, I think, this year with this, this conversation about inclusion. Um, and certainly at this moment to impact from the beginning to the end, you know, of the entire movie-making process. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not just about the Oscars. It's about the entire business and the inclusion throughout every step of the process of making, marketing, and distributing yeah, and I, and I think we the Academy Awards are at the tail end of the process, but our members are mm-hmm. are the movie making process, you know, and all of those artists, and that's why I, I think you talked about how we felt Wednesday night or early Thursday morning, but you know, that from that to this moment, from that to the moment when our governors unanimously got together and said, "Look, we've been talking about these changes. We all thought they were important. We as artists." thought they were important to make, we need to make this happen now, tonight, you know, and that's what was so encouraging about this. So 
when you said we are at the tail end of the process, but our members are the process. Right. Our members are the ones writing and photographing and starring in, you know, all, all of these movies. And they were very concerned. And the leadership of all of those members said, we, we have been talking about this for a while. It's been very important to us that we be more inclusive in our membership. And we're going to make, we're going to pass measures that make that happen faster now. And so it, it is the industry. It isn't just the Academy Awards, of course, but our members are the industry too. And they felt it was important to make this statement. I think some people are viewing this saying they just reacted. It was reactive. Mm -hmm. they, they bowed mm -hmm. to political mm -hmm. correctness. So, mm -hmm. so what's your answer? Well, that? as you well know, Janice, um, this has been an initiative of the Academy for about three or four years of more inclusion in all aspects of what we do, right, of this organization. And through the years, um, we have brought in um, more diverse members. Certainly last year, the biggest uh, invitees as, that we've ever had and the most diverse we have ever had. And the issue is inclusion, both in the United States and internationally, because this is an international business. And there are tremendously talented filmmakers around the world, both America and throughout the world, that we want with us. They are a part of us because that is what this business is. And they do bring in new voices and new approaches to storytelling because that's really what it's about. It's about storytelling. So this has been something that has been the heart of the organization with its leadership and including the board for a number of years. The end of last year, I announced at our Governor's Awards this initiative of A2020, which was actually naming the activity that we have actually been doing. Mm -hmm. And that is to reach a better goal of inclusion by 2020. So this was already in process. And um, led by one of our governors, uh, Phil Robinson, we have a, an, a group of people that have had been working already um, on ways of looking at what we do and how to increase our membership. So it really, it, it by in no means was this a reaction. This is something that was already in process. However, as of because of last Thursday and the whole conversation, we felt that we need to step forward now and talk about what we actually have been doing behind the scenes for a while. Did it take work to get unanimity with the governors? No. Unbelievable. No. Wow. No, it, it really didn't. And Cheryl's point about the leadership has been on board with this for quite yes. a while. And I, you know, Tom Sherrick, Sid Gannis mm -hmm. before him, Tom mm -hmm. Sherrick brought, mm -hmm. was president when I came in. And his mandate was, you know, diversity in this organization is important. The museum is important and diversity is important. Yeah. And he began that. We started inviting more diverse classes of new members in. Uh, under Hawk's presidency, we, we lifted the, the quotas about how many members you could invite in. Mm -hmm. And what would happen before is that the older veteran filmmakers would take uh, precedent over, you know, younger uh, working filmmakers sometimes. And that was not a good thing. They were all talented. It's just, mm -hmm. you know, you, you would have only be able to invite a certain segment of that talent. So then that changed. And so it's in the, and I think the and then of course Cheryl was at you know it's a cornerstone of what she's been doing as president. And 
so the leadership has always been there, and then the committees, like like Cheryl mm -hmm. said, have been working on this behind the scenes. But it just it, it now is extended throughout the organization and throughout the board. The board came together very quickly and was like unanimously. That statement of unanimity on this board behind these measures, and the time is now. We've been talking about them. We've been working on them. Let's pass them now. And it was yes. it was in person. Everybody came together in person. Oh yes, always better to have. I, I believe strongly, get everybody in a room and have a discussion. You know, we were probably going to announce these measures probably in another month or two. You know, so it wasn't like it was way down the road right. by any means. Um, but this gave us an opportunity to, to make it more public and let everybody know it's not that we're just listening. We listened a while ago. Right. And we've been at this for a while. And, and I want to address you what you said about political correctness, which makes me a little crazy. Mm -hmm. um, the academy is not, um, is tradition bound, it is rule bound, it is not trying to be politically correct, never has been. We are an elite institution. That elite institution is uh, part of who we are and that definition won't change. We're the best of the best in the film industry. Um, we don't feel that we have looked far and wide enough mm -hmm. for the best of the best. We have, I know, uh, I mean, everyone knows. You can look in your immediate circle and say, oh, I've chosen, you know, I've invited all my friends who I know who are great, but there are friends who live in other countries. There are even friends who live in New York, right. you know, who are working in this industry and they haven't been approached and, and, and invited in. And that aggressive action will, will take, has been taking place and will take place more aggressively from now. It's not about political correctness. It's about building the best team, the best institution, the best artists. So when people, when critics, and there are many online, um, call this affirmative action, does that drive you insane? It does, because the academy in its outreach has been, you know, not as assertive or as aggressive into other not just other communities, but other filmmaking worlds, you know, even overseas, or like I said, even in other cities. It, it, it took a while for the Academy to invite the visual effects artists from the Bay Area into the membership, you know. It, as Quincy Jones says, it took a while for them to understand that the Beatles were making, you know, great music that had to be recognized. So it, it's just that, I, you know, we just weren't, you know, lifting up our eyes enough to find the artists everywhere. And so, yes, the affirmative action makes me crazy. The political correctness makes me crazy. It's about the best artists. And are we getting those best artists? Because unless you have the best artists as members, unless you have the best artists voting on the Academy Awards, you don't have a real reflection of the best of our film culture right now. And that's what the Academy has always strived to be. And we are just taking more aggressive measures to make sure we are. The decisions that were made for the nominations have been analyzed to death. <laughs> People have said, well, the African-American acting nom uh, potential nominees were not as strong. There were these, the, the preferential voting harmed straight out of Compton. And I, I mean, people can justify what happened through analytical means. It's an anomaly this year as opposed to a uh, sign of... You know, I, we talked about, we're not talking about the nominations. The nominations, you, it just when you look at the nominations, you just, you have to say, okay, this is... Does this really reflect, I mean, does our membership reflect the best of the best and the most diverse and most inclusive community of the best artists? That's what we want to make sure happens. The nominations we can't control. We just want to make sure the preferential voting has its own, you know, uh, it's, it, it's, 
it's a very good system. It's worked well. It's just have, you have to make sure the people voting are the you know like I said the best members in in um, and the most in, the most inclusively best members. That's all we're working on. So, you know, as soon as you announced made your announcement on Friday, people started chiming in saying, "But this, but that. How are you going to get? How are you going to get these numbers when there are not enough female cinematographers, enough um, female directors to?" increase the ranks in different, in different categories. How do you think that process will go? Well, this, the process will go and be successful with the inclusion of everybody in the motion picture business. Mm-hmm. It does, as you stated earlier, that the Academy Awards is kind of like a sort of in, in some circles, sort of the end of the line, right. I guess. It isn't at all because this business is 365 days a year. Um, however... I think that this conversation of inclusion, I know the phone calls I'm getting from uh, studio executives, production executives, agents, um, certainly our members, everybody wants to know what they can do to help. And, you know, you can't win an Academy Award if your your film was not greenlit. You can't win an Academy Award if you weren't in a a particular role in a movie. So it is about opportunity, and it's about opportunity from the very beginning of this process and the inclusion of different voices from the very beginning, whether it's in front of the camera, behind the camera, or in the executive suites. And that is the overall goal. You know, it's not just, it's not about the Academy Awards, it's about our business, and it's about what we should do and what we, we must do because it's Right. So people will use the word quotas to criticize this, to say we're not rewarding people on talent, we're thinking about quotas. Is that an oversimplification of what you're doing? I don't even understand that, to be honest with you. You know, like Dawn was just saying, this organization that represents this incredible art form is about inclusion. It's about filmmaking. It's about filmmakers. So what we must do for this organization is to make sure that we are walking the walk that we're actually talking, okay? That we are and have been, and we have been and we are and continue to scout out and make sure that we are bringing into our organization for every aspect of what we do, whether it's, whether it's the museum, whether it's our educational programs, whether it's our preservation history, all of it, the recognition of talent, that the conversationalists are current and are active and are involved so that we as an organization are really and truly putting our best foot forward. And that's how we can achieve this. The percentages you talked about in the announcement, that is, that is a way to encourage exploration of more yes. people. Yes, if you, if you say I'm going to crew up, and I'm going to crew up, you know, it's easy to just pick my friends I've always worked with. Hello, mm-hmm. hello, hello, mm-hmm. come on. And if you say, I'm going to make a commitment that I, and it's good to have a number. It's good to have a goal. 30% of my crew, 50% of my crew are going to be diverse, mm-hmm. women, uh, people of color. You will look harder. You will go, let me find, you know, one more first AD to look at. One more plus one more plus one more. Right. <laughs> and, and it's just, it's, and we talked about that, you know, not setting a goal, but we thought, no, we really want you to understand we mean this. We don't mm-hmm. mean we're just going mm-hmm. to try. Right. We mm-hmm. are really 
um, we we are we're going to meet. We're going to change this. We're going to change the complexion by finding the best artists in all different communities that we haven't talked to before. And you know, the academy hasn't been the most. It hasn't had the reputation of being the most welcoming institution right. for anyone, you know, of, of you know any of any color. And so the other part of this is to say we are a group of artists. We, you know, we we're not a faceless institution. We're we're a community of artists. We invite you in. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared. <laughs> You've got talent. Let us, uh, you know, pull you in. In 2012, when the LA Times did their report of the Academy membership, it didn't reveal a great diversity reflective of the right. nation. And the Academy has always said that they that you don't keep track of numbers. You're not going to release numbers. Should Hollywood expect greater transparency? We did release numbers. We did just. Uh, I mean, uh, let me. Two, there's two parts of that. We had already done an internal survey yeah. before the LA Times published um, because it's important to us to know this is not a scientific survey. Right. This is just, you know, our membership knowing, you know, the different people in the branches as best they could. And um, those numbers, which we talked about uh, in the press yesterday, we had 7% people of color, slightly, right. I think, more than the LA Times said four years ago, and 24, 24% uh, women. Mm -hmm. That's the commitment you heard. We want to double that in the next four years. We don't think that's hard. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yes, it's not reflective of the world at large or a movie going public yet. Well, so, so it was sort of an interesting phenomenon when the, uh, the weekend that we saw when Oscar So White became a big thing online after the, the nominations were announced. You had you know, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, out there with a black lead and a female lead. Right Along 2 was mm -hmm. the number one movie. Mm -hmm. And Ice Cube put on Instagram this uh, thing showing all these stubs of people who bought the tickets saying, I'll take stubs over snubs any day. And, but sort of saying it's about economic right. success of the movies. Great point. Uh, and there's been a lot of discussion online that these sort of prestige films are less inclusive of a diverse population. Do, do you feel that's, the, that's been your experience? Well, that can actually depend on, on, on a different year. I mean, maybe this year. Mm -hmm. um, that, is, that is certainly what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. um, it, but in past years, it has not. Um, like I you know, alluded to earlier, we don't really know what's going to be nominated until we actually get the information. There's many different possibilities of how, um, how, it, how the nominations um, actually materialize. I mean, it can happen in so many different ways. So, you know, there's an implication there. There's two things. One of them is an implication there that there's a mindset of non-inclusion, and there isn't. Do you know our voting is all of our membership, and it is one-on-one, -on -one, it is private, and it is an individual's personal assessment of the talent, both in front of and behind the camera, in one year. I'll have, you know, people have said to me, well, so-and-so should have won an Oscar for right. this movie instead of right. that movie, and I, well, I always say, but they weren't in the same year. Right. Do you know, this is about recognition of talent in a particular year mm -hmm. so that so it can shift and change every year it, it's just what can and does happen mm -hmm. i love the language the two of you used before you made your announcement about the all-white nominees and I, I think you used language like heartbroken crisis it felt these were issues 
important to you as people. Um, and so do the two of you, are you in agreement all the time? <laughs> well, that wouldn't be any fun. No, no there have been, of course there are many. You know, it's not that, that it's disagreement. It is about difference of opinion. Um, and I think a great working relationship is when you do have differences of opinion. Because I then think that the conversation it's, is much more spirited and can get to a conclusion better. I really do. Um, it's not to say all the time, but there's something wrong, I think, if everybody agrees with everything all the time. I know, and I feel like How we both you? persuaded each other to see it, you know, from a different mm -hmm. angle, which is good. Yeah. But one of you. But that was that morning. That morning, I think we oh, were. Oh yeah, we, we were felt the same. Like, yeah. And didn't it, even have to talk. And it's not like to say, you know, I have, I have, you know, people I, I have my favorite films and people I, that are, who are not nominated every year. And I'm, I'm very sad about that. It was just more that we had been working on our membership. We'd been working on these policies. We'd working on, on inclusion across the academy. And, you know, since I came here, it was like, we did a, a, an informal survey, the first thing. We wanted to make our, our programs, our collections, everything uh, acutely aware of the need for inclusion because we are the premier film institution in the world and it has to reflect our, our you know, beautiful world. And, you know, that was going on. That was ongoing. And this, the last couple of years of nominations didn't reflect our ongoing efforts as an academy. That's what we felt like. And are we doing enough? And that's what we agreed in, agreed upon. And I, I don't want to take away from the people who they're fantastic people who were nominated. They were. They were. We love the nominations. We love all those people. It's just, it, it was just like, what about our housekeeping over here? Are we doing enough over here? Some Academy members have come out and said, let's say older white Academy members, and said they're insulted by the insinuation they're racist and can't pick right. movies in a colorblind fashion. Yeah. What, what do you say to them? I, I think, you know, you said earlier what are the, are the prestige films as diverse, say, as the studio films? That's basically what you said. And I think what gets considered an Academy film, Academy, you know, uh, an award-worthy film, what, you, what gets on the list, what you put in your DVD player first, you know, out of the 500, 600 films that are released each year, I, all of that is an alchemy that is different for different people, right? You started talking about uh, the difference between studio films and the, you, you know, prestige films that are considered uh, award Oscar bait worthy <laughs> films, right? And that the the oh. other the studio films are more <laughs> typically diverse um, in their casting, and the art house films are not as much. And uh, first of all, that's something that is decided in the marketing departments, uh, in the distribution uh, uh, departments, in the green light, you know, in the financing departments, that's something that is, we hope that these conversations will influence. Like, there's a lot of room for talent out there. There's a lot more films you could be green lining. There's a lot more films that are, you know, considered award worthy. So I, I just wanna say that we, that's the, we hope that's the result of this, of this conversation. But also Janice, I'm, I can understand um, a person is being accused of something that they are not. Right. Okay. I certainly understand the hurt because people they don't even know 
are making a judgment about them and about their artistic integrity and their artistic taste. So I can understand why our members are insulted by this. Um, I think that is absolutely unfair because we don't know how they voted. We have no idea, like I said, until any of us see the results. Mm -hmm. uh, so it is misguided, I think, to actually accuse people of something that they're not. And yet you want to make sure the membership is as reflective yes. of yes. our contemporary film community. culture and yeah. film community Absolutely. as possible. That's so what's important. That's the most important mm -hmm. thing. So that we're not, mm -hmm. you know, talking about what people chose. We're just talking about who those people are within our membership. I'd love your reaction to some of the noisier comments that happened in, over the course of the past two weeks. Um, Spike Lee, who had who was honored at the governor's awards, uh, says he's not coming and maybe sort of calls for a boycott, but then said mm. said now he's not that, that that's not what he meant. Do you expect him to attend? Um, I don't know. I have no idea. Um, you know, Spike is Spike. Um, he follows his own heart, um, which is this is a person we all know. You know, he is faithful to himself. And he made a decision, which he came out publicly, and it's his decision. Um, but we are very proud of our relationship with Spike. And as you know, we awarded him a, mm -hmm. uh, an honorary Oscar, mm -hmm. uh, Governor's Award, mm -hmm. of just a few months ago. Jada Pinkett Smith, she made comments along the lines of, let's stop looking at outside organizations to validate mm -hmm. our, ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, some people are saying Will Smith probably wouldn't have come anyway because he wasn't nominated. You would love to have him there as well. Absolutely. Will is a, you know, first of all, he's just more fun than you can imagine. <laughs> uh, he's just, he's, he's great. Mm -hmm. He's absolutely great. And he is a, a major star in the world. People love Will. So, of course, we would love to have him come this year, next year, any year, all years. Do you want to sit down with him, talk about any of the stuff that's happened? We'll see. Maybe. Mm -hmm. We'll see, you know, who knows? Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, we sat down with a lot of people and it's mm -hmm. been a, they've been great conversations. And the good thing is it's our members, mm -hmm. our members who want to to make these changes and make them known within the academy. And I think you know, you were talking about the things that happened before the board announced these uh, these measures and these great uh, these these great bylaw changes that they're making. And now it's a new, I think, a more magical moment. I do. So I think everyone has like, wow, I've got, I've got emails like, we didn't think the, oh. this institution, this has this 88 year tradition, could move this quickly, uh, no. nimbly. And it did. And that's how strongly <laughs> the whole board felt about this. Yes, so I think much. it's a really magical time. It's a mm -hmm. great time. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's, I think the Academy, you know, we took this leadership as, as a community of artists and, and, a, and this position about inclusion and about our commitment to making this industry more reflective of our of our movie fans and of our and basically more reflective of the artists who are making movies. And, you know, we I think it's a good message for our whole industry. I hope people uh, I hope the rest of the industry industry takes up the um, you know, it takes the same measures. Do you think they will? Absolutely. I do. I think it's, I think it's that time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, what, you sound so confident I about do, that. I do, because it's the right thing to do. 
It, oh, do you no, think Hollywood? Okay, yes. But do you think Hollywood does always is motivated? No, not by that? always. But yes. I think in this instance, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm expecting there will be so much more press scrutiny of the studios mm -hmm. it, coming down the pipeline. It's not only the right yes, thing to do; yeah. it's the right yes. business thing to do. Well, know? that's part of Let's, the right thing. Charlotte Rampling, her comments. Did they? How did you feel about that? I think she felt bad about them. I mean, it sounded yes, like did. afterwards. Did I think she? they were sort of taken out of context. And, you know, it was... <laughs> look, wow. all, some of these things are generational. They just are. And that's what we're talking about with the whole Academy. We have, when you pick the best of the best, you know, they're in. The, they're members of our Academy. Uh, you just have to make sure, as this generation, uh, you know, grows older, you're bringing in the best of the best of the next generation. And sometimes there's a lag and sometimes there's, there is not as much, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, reaching out mm -hmm. into the next generation. And I think that's what we're doing. Some of our reporters last night after the news was announced got calls from Academy members, some of whom felt they should have been included in the decision, but separate they felt we've gone from racism to ageism, that somehow this belief that uh, age alone makes you unqualified to... That, that wasn't the point of, uh, of those measures at, at all. And we, the point was there have been people in the Academy, they've been, they've been uh, selected as members of the Academy. They were working in the film industry at that time, you know, at one point in their careers, and they moved on to a completely different field, completely different careers. And yet, because we have lifetime membership and lifetime voting rights, they're still voting on what are the best in contemporary film culture. And that's not that's not even what our original charter said. Right. We said we would be active working members voting on our peers. You know, so that's we're really going back to the original intention of the uh, of the academy, uh, the creation of the academy. So, as a group, you'll stick. You'll find the definition of active. I don't think you exactly. probably have been able to. I think yes, right. but it's also Absolutely. it's not the minutia of you know this screen credit versus this you know published whatever this produced film. It's really about who's working in the industry, exactly. and who is not in this industry and hasn't been for a long time. And so that's those are the 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 um, that's the, how we're you know culling the members and the and the ranks of voting members. They'll still be members. They just right. will lose the uh, ability to vote on a community that they're not really a part of. So do you care when you've had criticism? You, you've done a great job of diversifying the membership in the last few years. Um, do you care when you're criticized for putting in Lena Dunham, people, Justin Lin, people who haven't won an Oscar, haven't been in an Oscar-nominated movie? Are you you're willing to take that criticism? Well, they don't have to be in, in what would be considered an, an Oscar-worthy film. It's about talent. Um, it's about their voices, right. and their voices are loud and heard, and they have a following. Therefore, they're relevant, and they need to be part of the conversation. So that's why they are included in our membership ranks. One thing I'd love to know, ABC has done an amazing job diversifying their primetime lineup with great success. Mm -hmm. uh, Disney, this is, diversity is a big, important initiative at Disney. What seat did they have the table in this discussion? Well, a number of... <laughs> Disney executives and filmmakers um, are members of our organization, for one. Um, and, you know, they are our partners with regard to our telecast. We have a tremendously great relationship 
um, with Bob Iger and Ben Sherwood and Paul Lee and, and, and the entire staff and their marketing staff. We've got a terrific uh, relationship, uh, especially. We, have, we do all year long because you know, these are really good, smart people, um, but certainly with regard to our Oscar show. Were they worried, obviously, with the threat of, you know, when people are throwing the word boycott out there and it's the biggest event of the year almost, um, they had to have been some concern on that level? Just like for all of us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, truly, I mean, just, you know, for all of us. Um, each day, down to each hour, how is this, how is this rolling, rolling along? You know, of course, initially, when you first, first heard that. Um, but they know, because like I said, they're our partners, they know that we have been very actively involved with our diversity initiatives. So, you know, just like on Thursday, you know, it's pretty much across the board of a little bit of a surprise um, of the outcome. Um, but they know that we are working hard at improving. So Bob Iger personally cared about this issue? Oh, absolutely. Of course. As he would. Yes. Yeah. Um, no, you, I wanted, you were, we've about the goals to increase the uh, members of color and the women in our membership, and you talked about uh, the culling the membership of people who've moved on to other industries. But the other measures that the board passed, and they seem they may seem a little inside baseball, but they're very um, they'll have a big impact on the governance of this institution. And and we you know they changed the rules. This is a rule bound organization, and the board changed the rules, which is which was very. Um, which was which which was important, and they wanted to have an immediate impact. So having governors immediately putting governors on, uh, who are diverse governors into that body was important to them. Having uh, diverse members be on every one of the committees that oversee all the activities of the of the organization. It, it, it seems like inside baseball, but these the other measures that the board passed, they will have a substantive substantive impact on the. Uh, the running of this organization, how it operates, how it functions, and the transparency that they wanted, you know, they wanted to disclose. Oh, yeah. Have you picked your three new governors? No. Not yet. <laughs> but it's going to be soon. Uh, absolutely. So people aren't going to vote. The board will approve it. Uh, yes, Cheryl yeah, I'll make the selection points. and then I will bring it to the board. Absolutely. No. So Chris Rock, did he ever consider pulling out like people have wanted him to? No. Chris Rock is a certain brand of humor. Mm -hmm. He's going to go there. Well, we've always <laughs> known he was going to go there, right? This is Chris. <laughs> are you, this is who we know he is. Are you ready for him to go there? We. He's us. He is a brilliant, and brilliant, observant comedian and and performer, and he's going. He's a brilliant host, and yes, we want him to obviously because. Uh, way before this, our selection of Chris was to bring some edge and some fun and some funny, intelligent funny, to the telecast. So we know he's going to do that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and your producers, Reginald Hudlin and David Hill, have they had to scrap plans they've had for the show so far? Is this a work in progress? It's always a work in progress. I mean, th there is a lot that must, the foundation must be laid right? Mm -hmm. From when they're first um, hired. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and and their vision of the show and and the discussions that we all have and and crewing up and all of that but where it really starts to form of course is when the nominations come up that's right. every single right. year um so no there's no scrapping um it is always a bit of this is what we have this is what we're building and then we see how it all gels, which is the normal process. So they're a little bit of a forced marriage. They haven't had a working partnership mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like they're aligned in their vision for the show? Absolutely. They're great. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're you know, great. <laughs> we obviously, you know, yeah. um, had conversations with each of them, um, you know, before the selection. And we felt very strongly that these two men bring a lot of the same sensibilities to the table yet expand for each one of them a vision and a new vision of this particular telecast. And at the core of it, these are two very smart, organized, to the core, good people that are collaborat collaborators, which we could tell right away, um, because this is a collaborative. They are in charge of producing the show, that is for sure, but it's the Academy show. So there must be a, a partnership, a, a team, if you will, because, and it's pretty quick when you think about putting right. on a show of this size. So we absolutely look for uh, producers that are energetic, that will bring an entertaining uh, show, that are concise and organized and good team players. You have Jim Giannopoulos on your board yes. of governors. Will we, will we see more announcements for A2020 about working with the studios, about helping them? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a lot that's in discussion, as there have been and has been. Um, and we're not, you know, this is about us doing the right thing for us. Mm -hmm. And then, so it's not about issuing a list of we're doing this, we're do you know, it's not, we will as, uh, different goals are established, um, initiatives are established. We will, of course, um, announce them, if you will, um, and we're in discussion, have already started discussions with many different entities here in Hollywood, and we'll continue that because the goal here is to get things done. The goal is however we work behind the scenes, it's not about the exposure. Exposure is wonderful when you achieve your goals. Right. That's all wonderful. But what we want to do is actually achieve them and set them up and have discussions so that the inclusion begins at the beginning. But I, what you're saying is sort of how are we using our, our connections and our leadership to help this industry progress a little faster. And I think, you know, even opening up the governance of this academy will help Believe it or not, I think it will have positive repercussions um, throughout the industry. Who do you think is doing a good job in Hollywood right now in terms of diversity? I think the studios actually <laughs> shouldn't be crucified as much yeah. as they have been. It doesn't mean that we're even close to any kind of goal, but they are. You know, you, you, you talk about Star Wars, yeah. right? The biggest franchise ever. Um, and it's and two leads, yeah. and the two yeah. leads are, you know, a, a black actor and a female, um, and young, 
-hmm. and two new actors that the public didn't know at all. And the chance that they took because they know it's right and it was right for their film. And it all worked, do you know? Um, there's, a, there's more inclusion. I think that there's a lot more frustration with regard to behind the scenes, um, with regard to what stories are greenlit. Mm -hmm. And there's all sorts of reasons why you can't. And people are frustrated with you can't and why can't I? And I think that that is a tremendous area of growth, whether it's writers, directors, whether it's people of color or women, you know. Um, these are the areas that need massive improvement. Um, and it's not just, you know, you're gonna hire a female director to direct a female-themed movie. If she wishes, absolutely. If she's the right person, absolutely. But should be part. But a female director should be part of the conversation because she's good at her craft, at any motion picture. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with non-white um, directors or screenwriters. It's not about having to stay in a lane necessarily. Your talent is your talent, and it should and must be recognized across the board. I think it's exciting to see the uh, release that both Creed and Straight Outta Compton got this year, and how well they did in the marketplace and it's, you know, this, it doesn't make good economic sense you, to shoot yourself in the foot not to release films like that. And I'm, I'm sure this will have a domino effect. They were so successful and so, you know, so embraced by a wide audience. It, this, that was Warner Brothers, MGM and, mm -hmm. and uh, Universal. So you will have I think, more and more. Are you prepared for all the sniping and barbs that will come your way over the next few months as this gets underway. That's Do you never, care? I, it's going to be what it's going to be. I was going to say that's never happened before, has it? We, we've never seen sniping and barbs. For the... You know, we shouldn't be sitting here if we can't do that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cheryl, your term is up in August. Yes. Was your re-election a factor in any of this? Do you even think about that? No. No, because it, it, it's going to be what it's going to be. You know, right now I must do what I believe is correct for this organization and to move it forward. For me, since we're talking about me. And since I know I have the support of the board and the leadership, I couldn't ask for anything better. You know, I have one more year that I can serve as president. And I do hope that I get to do that because I also have other ideas <laughs> that I'd like to, you know, see come to fruition. Mm -hmm. um, but it'll be what it'll be. And, and Don, are you prepared to have, to get this onslaught of members who might not be happy? Or, or if, you, if you terminate their membership in the academy, their voting rights, are you prepared to take the heat for that? We're, again, I go back to the idea that we're an elite institution and we're representing the best of the best in our film industry. We're not talking about terminating members. Mm -hmm. We're talking about people who have moved out of the film industry to uh, not to end their voting uh, status, right? Or to, to not allow them to vote on the Academy Awards. That's what everyone expects of the Academy. We expect the elite of the elite to be voting on the Oscars. And I think people who are in other industries, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't fulfill our mandate. So am I prepared to take that heat? Yes. Mm -hmm. Am I prepared to, 
to defend the very mission of this organization. Yes. Do you feel like you should have reached out to the larger membership before the announcement? We, we have governors who are elected by each branch. Yeah. So every, you know, it's, it's a, you know, representational democracy mm -hmm. here. So mm -hmm. they have, uh, they've all nominated their governors, they've all elected their governors, and those governors made those decisions. So they were included. Diversity was one of your initiatives and you're well underway in that. Um, the museum, I'm sure there will be, these two issues will dovetail. Is that at front of mind as you're thinking about how what to include in this museum, the, the racial Abs representation? Absolutely. It, and again, Absolutely. it always has been. But no. I, what I think is great about this, about it's it's publicizing the, the Academy's interest in and commitment to inclusion. And as much as that spills over into the museum, into all of our programs, and, and to our library, our film archive, that's only positive for us. David Oyelowo said that after last year's nominations, he sat down with you, Cheryl, right. and discussed this with you. Yes. Uh, is that something that typically can happen for an actor? Can they have an audience with you to discuss their oh, feelings and thoughts? Absolutely. My door is open and I have had conversations. We have had conversations with our members, again, most both in front of and behind the uh, camera all the time. Yeah, that is that is very normal. Yeah. Are there any names you can share of people who you've had talks with this past week who've been in this past week? Yeah, you know, each other. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been a lot of great support. It's a lot. Of, I just yeah, I, I want to say we've support, had a yeah. lot. A lot of people reaching out saying we want to support you. What can we right. do? And that's been that was incredibly encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Members, members, you know, members right. in our in, want the academy to be. Uh, you know, the best uh, a force for be. good and a force for positive inclusion and change. Yeah. You announced, you will announce the three new governors in February, I presume before the broadcast is, oh. and then, yes, okay. Yes. Oh, yeah. How soon can we start to see changes well, in the, the membership? Soon. Class, you know, your, your, the deadline for new members is, is March 24th. So right. we'll see a new class in June. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We'll see the committees already, already changing. Yeah. Right. It's happening. Mm -hmm. Now. No, the election of governors happens um, in right. May. Right. May, right June. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm assuming in the presenters we're going to see this year at the Oscars, there will be, I, I, this was clear last year, there was a concerted effort to reflect diversity on the stage. It's been going on, though, for a number of years. It got written about like it was an afterthought. And, and you know, you cannot, you, you, you can't put on a show of this size and sort of wait to the last minute to ask people. Um, to be on the show or presenters. Um, Has anyone been reluctant to present so far? We're in good shape. Mm, we're in great shape. We're yeah. in very good shape yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> we still have a month to go. In some ways it's forever, and in another way it's tomorrow. It's in an hour, yeah. Exactly right, exactly right. That was Janice Min, President and Chief Creative Officer of the Hollywood Reporter Billboard Media Group, chatting with the Academy's President, Cheryl Boone Isaacs, and CEO, Don Hudson. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Awards Chatter, and we hope to have you back for many more in the future. <laughs>